What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers and our good show today. Uh, the the job has been officially posted. The head coaching job has been officially posted. Does that mean that Jim Leonard is the guy for sure? And do we agree with the timing on this? We're going to get into that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. I am Ryan Herrigs, your host, your team every single day. And we really do appreciate everybody tuning into the show, continuing supporting the show. Uh, we're going to bring Justin in here. Uh, Justin, a long time, obviously, friend of the show. What's <laughs> up, my friend? Uh, we got things to discuss. We do. We got, we got stuff to talk about. So <laughs> we're going to start here. Uh, segment one, the job has been officially posted. Like People have been talking about this for a long time. You can't hire them. The job's not posted. Um, the head coaching job has been posted, which means the university has to wait seven days. Chris McIntosh has to wait seven days to name the guy. Does this basically mean that Jim Leonard is that dude? And oh, yeah. how do you feel about the timing? Uh, this 100% means that he's the dude. In fact, mm -hmm. I believe it's already been reported in the Journal Sentinel that they have two sources and they've said that Leonard is the guy. Um, I think without a doubt, it's him. Um, mm -hmm. The timing of this, if you look at it, if there was anything that would stop them from starting or making the the outright you know putting it out there until the end of the season it fits for them to say post minnesota game hey jim's the guy um i don't know if that was actually a restriction or not i don't believe it is historically but it's just it this whole thing played out kind of weird based off of what what we're seeing here um i'm very curious to see how much of an actual view you know background look they took into other people and what we actually are taking a look at i don't know how i feel about all this you know i have i like jim leonard but i have been underwhelmed with what we've seen over the last six weeks and that's not all on him like there's a lot of restrictions his arms are kind of tied on him a little bit but it leaves it does leave us with a lot of questions i feel like with regards to this that he hasn't had a chance to answer because of the limitations that he has yeah, I've, I've been pretty vocal on this in terms of – I agree with you. So it played out weird to me because I've been pretty vocal in terms of – I've really respected Chris McIntosh kind of trying to not take – because then we talked about it. The easy the easy decision is just hire Leonard right yeah. away, right? Mm -hmm. Like it would keep the recruiting staff together. Alumni want it. Fans would love it. It's an incredibly easy sell, mm -hmm. right? The, the team locker room bonded around him. Players are talking about it. Braylon Allen comes out in the media and says, if JL's here, I'll be here. That's your, one of your star players, like one of the more nationally recognized Wisconsin players. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's the easy hire. And I was actually really impressed with McIntosh kind of saying, we're going to initially say we're going to do a search and then holding off naming Jim Leonard, the guy. And now it feels like it's a bit of a middle ground, which I don't really love. Like, yeah, we've already come to this point. I would still prefer to go to the off season, have a couple real interviews, do a, and it still is probably going to be Jim Leonard. And I'm totally fine with that. Like, I like Jim Leonard, like yeah. you said. But I would like to see more of a exhaustive search because it's such yeah. a big hire. And it, it is. feels like this is a kind of a weird middle ground timing-wise, uh, which I don't love. But I do love Jim Leonard. Like, yeah. sometimes when I say this, people come back and say, well, what? why don't you want Jim Leonard? I do want Jim Leonard. I love Jim yeah. Leonard. There's just so, questions there. Like, there's, there's questions. we know Jim Leonard is – I, I would say, in my opinion, he is the best defensive coordinator in college football. I, I, I think flat out he is. 
but I don't know what he is as a head coach. And we've seen plenty of coordinators that can't get it done. Now I, I have a good feeling about Jim Leonard, Mm -hmm. but he still hasn't done it. So there's a lot of questions that have yet to be answered with him that there is a certain amount of risk there. And Wisconsin is at a very rough spot with where they are as a program right now. Like there are a lot of changes that have to come, come through with this change. NIL has to be handled correctly. Recruiting has to be handled correctly. This program, people don't seem to understand how big of a crossroads this is. If this hire is not a good hire, Wisconsin could have a long road back to the top if this is handled poorly. If we if we have mm-hmm. the next two or three recruiting cycles fall on their face and NIL isn't handled correctly, Wisconsin could turn quickly from a top 20 program into a top 50 program. Into and a that, that's that's strictly an on the field thing that I'm saying there because Wisconsin as a program kind of prints money, but there is a, there is a, the way I look at it, it will take a culture shift hardcore. If they, if this is wrong, like they will have to bring somebody in who completely reinvents the program. If this falls on its face. Yeah, I agree. If you get this hire wrong, because Krista already started putting are pushing the cart downhill, mm-hmm. right? So if you get this hire wrong, it's going to take yeah. even more momentum to get it going back uphill. There's been a lot neglected. Yeah, and well, and that's that, that's where I want to go next, though, because one of the things I've liked about Jim Leonard in in the press conferences, he's acknowledged it. He's been really mm-hmm. upfront with player development has been neglected. A lot of little things have been neglected. I got to get mm-hmm. those things back in place, and I want to transition into upside. So. Let's say he is the guy. Okay, let's say this is a home run hire. Jim Leonard's the guy. To me, the the upside here is you have him for the next 20 years. Like, Probably, and if he's yeah. the guy, you have a home run coach who bleeds Wisconsin for 20 years, which oh, yeah. there, there's no there's yeah. zero doubt to that. He's he's a young coach who's gonna be a guy who can relate to players quite a bit. Um, he's a guy who is very well spoken and thoughtful. Um, the biggest thing with him, like we talked about this the other day, he's not a showy guy. He's not a guy that's going to put himself out there and and be the commander type. He's a guy who's going to push all the accolades and everything back on his players, which is both a plus and a minus. Like there's something to be said for that figurehead who's larger than life and and is your the face of your program. Wisconsin, you know, that's what Alvarez was. And we mm-hmm. saw what that led to. Like he he led to the highest heights in Wisconsin history. Bielema you know, had a little bit of that too. Yeah, that swagger that I'm the one, I'm the general leading my guys into it. And I think that if we look at it from from the mentality standpoint, I think Jim is a little bit more of a Chris type guy in terms of being a he's a guy that the players really like and that they they will they they want to be around and and believe in. But he's not. I don't view him as the type of guy who seems like a a hard-headed light hold, you know, I'm, we're running this my way and we're going to do it right way. And we will, we're going to get to where we want to go. Like yeah. if you, he's that hard, tough as nails, kind of like, we're going to do this run a military style kind of, kind of guy that I don't see that, that being what Leonard is. Yeah. I think he'll have his own style. I think he's more adaptable than Chris yeah. did. Chris was iconoclastic in the way that he was trying to run this program. Like there was very little room on the margins for Paul Chris. I think, Leonard he just wasn't said, comfortable with change, yeah. He, I think Leonard is much more comfortable with it. And and Leonard has said that. Like the, my favorite quote from Jim Leonard, and this may be he may coach for twenty more years, and this may be my forever favorite Jim Leonard quote was, you know, tradition doesn't die when you adapt. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think right there he nailed on the head. Like you can adapt this program and keep the Wisconsin tradition. Yeah. Um, but coming up, because this, I think we were going to have a bunch more on Jim Leonard, <clears throat> like a lot more on Jim Leonard. But coming up, Justin and I are going to talk about a hire that I think might be even more important than the Jim Leonard hire, and that's going to be coming this off season. It's a question that needs to be answered. We're going to talk about that that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Simply Safe. Um, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you're going to want to listen up. Right now, Lockdown Badgers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is our biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. I've talked about it before. I can speak to this uh, from the heart. I have Simply Safe in our house, and it it gives us peace of mind for my kids, my fam. Or if I take a work trip, I know our home is secured with professional security system, a professional security monitoring system. And we also have, we have kids. So when they come in and out of the house, we can hear that chime. Like I can hear them go and I know that something is happening and it just gives us peace of mind. You can't put a price on peace of mind. It's peace of mind for myself, my wife, my family. That's why we use it. And Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News World and Reports. That's the third year in a row building a dynasty in the security world. Um, don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend that get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on badgers or slash locked on college. I'm sorry. This is the biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in to Locked On Badgers today. Make it one of your first listens. Uh, for your second listen today, go check out Locked On Sports today. All the biggest news, sports stories, scores of the day wrapped up in one show um, only on the Locked On Network. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's bring Justin back in. This this conversation to me is interesting. Um, so we're, we're both there. Jim Leonard's going to be the head coach, barring something crazy unforeseen. So let's continue down that, that train. Mm-hmm. The offensive hires on the staff or the retaining of offensive coaches, starting with offensive coordinator, to me, is the biggest offseason question for this entire program. I want to kick it to you with that kind of lead in. They flat out have to make a hire that is every bit as impressive on the offensive side of ball as Jim Leonard has been on the defensive side. So you're already saying Ingram has to go. I'm saying that we have not seen enough from him this season in order to say that this is his job. And I don't know what his relationship is with, with Jim, but looking at it, and I went over this, bar you, you remove the Northwestern game from the equation, which I think, quite frankly, has been fool's gold to the season. His his scoring output as offensive coordinator over since the Paul Chris shackles have been taken off was 28 points in a very – uncomfortable and messed up game versus uh, MSU was 35 against Purdue. Seven of those were a defensive touchdown. One of the touchdowns was a 14 yard drive. And another one was a 52 yard broken touchdown run. 
And then we've had 23 points, 10 points, and 15 points. And these are not – we're not playing Ohio State or Michigan in these games. Like, these, there's a lot of mediocre out there that we are not getting better. And he's yeah. had more time to implement his vision of what this offense should be. And I realize we've had some issues with weather, but you have to find ways to get it done. And the, the reality is, is we, we're regressing offensively. I You know, right now I look at it and it's like, we're not the only team in the country that's had to deal with weather the last several weeks. And most of them have not been this, have not struggled this thoroughly to do anything. Now you can look at the other teams against us, but they're facing a really good defense. And Wisconsin's really only played Iowa. That's a great defense in Mm -hmm. their time over this last, you know, how long. So my way of looking at it is this, they need somebody who's a home run hire. And right now Wisconsin is hanging at 75th in the country in scoring. That's not good enough. No, they need to be top 40 at worst. So Wisconsin has a chance here to revitalize and get far more aggressive offensively. And quite frankly, simplify the scheme outright too. Like, I think there's a lot that can be done there to make this a far more QB friendly offense and balance it even more so than what it's been. Like the passing game still isn't really truly working. Mertz has taken a step forward in terms of, statistically at least and we've we've proven that there is something to be there but like there's no reason why we can't be significantly better than what we are offensively right now like the the to me the the bare minimum with wisconsin's talent level that they bring in is 30 points well, you, and you're you probably have, ceiling is closer to like 38 to, to your point though you you can't be 75th in scoring and no. you can't have three straight games where you basically can't score on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, if the defense doesn't pitch a perfect game, right, then you're going to lose it. You, you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about this before. We were talking even before the show. Where, where I'm at on this one, I don't even think it's really fair to Bobby Ingram. Like, I think he was brought into kind of a, a, a not a, not certainly not an ideal no. situation for a first time offensive coordinator with a head coach that was too controlling. And quite frankly, some assistants around him also in new spots. Mm-hmm. And the head coach gets fired. Like, that's not a great situation to get started. But I don't – listen, I don't care. Like, I'm sorry, but you have to go get somebody, in in my opinion, who is a legitimate coach no. who has proven it. Like, why – Exactly. What, what's something Wisconsin has done too much of, in my opinion, and this was Paul Chris to some degree, but hiring coaches and then expecting them to learn on the job. Like, Wisconsin shouldn't be a place where an offensive coordinator is learning on the job. And if you're no. Jim Leonard – Right, young coach, defensive coordinator, doesn't have that offensive background. You got to go get someone who you know can control and coordinate an offense. Bobby Ingram is making a million dollars this year. A million dollars. You know how many offensive coordinators that are probably in the top 40 that are making that kind of money? I would bet you there's probably 15 to 20 guys that are making half that Mm -hmm. that he could probably go after and say, I can get you, you know, double your pay. And you have a track record proven that you're an exceptional coordinator already. Track there's record. there's That's no it. reason why you can't just go get somebody that already has done it. Like yep. why why have to feel your way through until you know Bobby's ready to go? You know this is not a Wisconsin is too prestigious of a program to have somody be learning on the job. And that's what like, Ingram's doing, right? Like if like, if you have somebody that's a freak of nature 
you know, coaching savant like Leonard, sure, you can take that risk. But you don't like there's no reason whatsoever why we should be doing that with multiple positions, you know, like we did this last year. And and I'm sorry, but I I mean I realize this is somebody's livelihood that we're talking about, but right now it's it's also going to be Leonard's livelihood. Like yeah. this falls on his head if he gets this higher wrong and Wisconsin say has a coordinator that the the ceiling is 30 points per game and they end up going eight and four a bunch, Leonard's going to get fired. Like yeah. he's going to be pushed out and they're going to say, this isn't good enough. We want to be back to where we were. And well, that's tough. We need to be, I mean, we're, we're listen at the end of the day, we're not rooting for anybody to no. have problem. Like, but we also have to be objective with it and be yeah. honest about how we feel about these things. And, you know, at the end of the day, there there's coaches out there who have proven over a, several years that they can put an offense on the field and you have to go and get a guy who you know can do that because the upside with Ingram might be large but the downside is so big with a guy like him because he just Mm -hmm. hasn't proven it so again it it goes back to the idea of you don't need to accept that type of downside at Wisconsin you can go get somebody that you know for a fact can put an offense on the field who can utilize the passing game who who has had previous success at the college level as a recruit as a coordinator and as a recruiter like that's the other thing too. Like, it's been a year. Bobby Ingram didn't have an exact, exactly an exceptional recruiting season, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked to John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated, and we asked him point blank, a guy who covers it on the national level for Sports Illustrated, how long should it take for a new coach to get in rhythm? And John was like, "Listen, this thing moves fast. If you're not recruiting within a couple months, you know, like you don't get a years of a year's worth of. Don't worry about it. You're new to this, so." Go get a guy who's proven he can be a big-time recruiter and who's proven he can put an offense on the field. And you don't need to take that type of risk at an offensive spot that, quite frankly, is going to be so critical for a first-time coach Mm -hmm. who's a defensive guy. Well, yeah. Well, look at the quarterback recruiting this year. Like, as an example, like, that was a train wreck. Like, we, we we went from having four or five targets that just nothing worked out, and then we just sat on it for, like, three or four months where we just didn't even offer anybody. And we it's both, like, what are we doing? But the LaCrue offer should have yeah. came sooner. Quite yeah, frankly. exactly. Or, yeah. I, I love, I love LaCrue, but like if, if you had, if you felt really good about the guy and, and I realized they told him he had things to work on. I do not like how, how quarterback recruiting happens in college. Like they'll slow play somebody who's a little under the radar. And the crew is a guy who just wasn't a big camp guy. Like he just uh, didn't have that ability. So, Okay. Well, I feel you, like did, we you didn't are. throw you didn't throw at a camp, so we can't put like, come on, like seven like on seven, being, and that's all garbage. Right, I hear you on that. I feel like we're being overly. I don't want to say overly negative, but I do want to say we have no idea which way Jim Leonard's going to go on this. Yeah, I, no, we I think both of us are on the same boat that we think yeah. he should move away from Bobby Ingram. I want to transition to the other coaches, and you give me a a stay or go away. Maybe that's too harsh. <laughs> But just your your feel for if they're going to just be say bad. yes or no, yeah, yes or no. Should they be retained? Stay or go away is too harsh. Um, ready for this? Let's go. Um, running back coach Al Johnson. Go. Okay, receivers coach Alvis Witted. Stay. Tight ends coach Chris Herring. Go. Offensive line Bob Bostead. Can I give a? <laughs> I'm going to say stay. Like okay. I, I think that if he's given more time, I think the line will get better. Okay. I think it's fair. That I mean any, anything else you want to talk about on the offensive side for for the coaching well, staff? I, I think that we, listen, Wisconsin can't do this part way. Like if we if we 
make adjustments and it's just we're we're effectively going to try to keep maintain what we've been doing and just add a few wrinkles that's not going to work it's just at best you'll slightly slow down what's already happening with their offensive philosophy that is is just basically you know turning itself into an antique so at this point it's like buy into what's being what's working out there and learn to uh, evaluate yourself on a season by season basis and add to that Like you need to find ways to stay fresh with your offensive philosophy and continue to move forward. This is why I like defensive coaches because defensive coaches are always forced to have to adjust or Mm -hmm. to disappear because as a defensive coach, you either figure out a way to stop the next greatest offense or you're going to get blown off the field and you won't be a defensive coordinator anymore. You're going to get retired. As an offensive coach, you have a little more rope because – unless your your offense completely stagnates and dies, people will let you get away with it, provided you're not losing. Like if you're scoring 25 to 30 points a game and your team is finding ways to win, you can get away with that. That doesn't mean you're doing an excellent job. It just means that you're not quite so bad that you're getting booted. All right. That's, that's very well said. All right, coming up, we have some user or listener comments. I always say user comments. I don't know why. Uh, listener comments, including some interesting takes on Braylon Allen and if the coaching staff is is putting him out there when maybe they shouldn't be. Um, some stuff to get into with that. So that's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at um, over at Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in, ve- in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's drilling moment, and we, in honor of just playing Nebraska, we got to go back to 2014, go back to that Melvin Gordon 408 performance. If we're thinking about thrilling moments on the college football field in three quarters, Melvin Gordon eviscerated and ripped the heart out of the, the black shirt defense. Um, that was a 17 to three game. Nebraska was up. Melvin Gordon took that uh, handoff down the right sideline hurdled somebody 60-something yards, touchdown, and he was on his way through three quarters, the best rushing performance I've ever seen in an individual game. If he had ran that fourth quarter, if Nebraska had kept that game close, Gordon was going for 500 yards. I mean, it was unbelievable, 16.3 yards per carry, and just as dominant a performance as you will ever, ever see at the college level. Um, And that is this week's thrilling performance from Nissan. Again, Nissan is an, uh, empowering drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field, it's Nissan, it's Melvin Gordon. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Lockdown Badgers, continuing to listen to the show. We're going to bring Justin back on. We have some listener comments, um, some fun things to get into and just chop it up a little bit. We always try to take comments from people who listen to the show, bring them up here so you know we can continue getting your input into it. That's what this is all about. We always talk about a building community. Um, this one is from gold digger 65. I watched the Iowa, Minnesota game to contrast these programs with ours. It was eye opening to observe how far we have fallen compared to those two teams. Prove me wrong. Justin, have we fallen below the, that Iowa, Minnesota level as a program? I think right now, both of those teams have something more that they can hang their hat on. Uh, Minnesota has their running game. Mo Ibrahim. Listen, that team is going to fall off a cliff next year when they don't have, you know, a bunch of eight-year starters that are are still on the roster. Um, Iowa's defense is a legit, legitimately elite defense this year, 
And uh, Wisconsin's is not quite to that level. And offensively, there's just nothing working for Wisconsin this year, and that's the bigger problem. Um, Iowa's defense has bailed out their offense, the fact that they've been so good. They've they've actually scored a fair amount of touchdowns. Um, Wisconsin has had a few here and there. Um, but the issue is, is that there's just – there's nothing on offense that we do truly well this year that we can hang our hat on and be like, all right, when we, when we push comes to shove and we need five yards, there's, there's not a play in our playbook that we can look at and be like, this is going, we're going to hit this 85% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm not going to say they've fallen behind. They're not. It's so they're, they're kind of all in the same. Yeah. I think they're all kind of muddled up in the same soup. Right. And it's not Wisconsin wasn't there. Yeah. Wisconsin wasn't there before. Well, we've been there for a couple of years, though, I would argue. It's been a couple of years of being in that soup. You know, certainly at least yeah. 2020, 2021, 2022. So I think they're all muddled in there. But I don't think uh, – and I appreciate the comment, Gold Digger. I don't I, – I, that's it's hard for me to even say it with straight face. That I appreciate the comment, Gold Digger. Um, but that is his username. Um, let's keep going. His or hers, I don't know. Uh, next comment up. I think the game would have looked and felt a lot different if receivers were catching the ball and if Allen wasn't banged up, Travis Hartman. Um, Justin, did, was it just a – the game, the offense, a function of Braylon Allen was banged up and receivers are dropping the ball, or is this continued just offensive inconsistency that we've seen all year? I don't know what to make of Allen. I, I don't. I can't remember the last game I saw him look healthy, so it, it's hard for me to to say what he would have been in that game. Um, I will say this: he looked like the weakest of the three running backs. He was definitely struggling out there on the field. Now the catches, like I feel like that's a little bit of a crutch. We had three drops in the game. And one of those was a very tough catch in the inside of the end zone by DK. Should he have made the catch? Yeah, probably. But like two of those catches were, were super early in the game. Like we had the DK drop that was on like first or second down where it was like six or seven yards over the middle, went through his hands. Mm-hmm. And I think he, had, he had the bell drop that was the one that was one of the very first plays of the game where he went up for it. And he should have caught that ball. Yeah. And it would have been a big play. But it wasn't like it was a foregone conclusion touchdown on that. Like we, I think we would have had it at like the other team's forty or something like that. I thought so, the, the DK drop near the goal line was the worst of it, the three. That was yeah, that would have been a momentum shift. But it's like, I mean, honestly, I look at it and it's like we we're just not clicking. Like we have not executed at a high level all season long. Like you can the the Northwestern game continues to look like more and more of an outlier just every week. Well, I would say the Northwestern game is not even an outlier. Like Northwestern is just terrible, and they've done that every week. So, I mean, an outlier for us, but that's been consistently Northwestern. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying from our production, it was a, yeah. it's an outlier in terms of us looking like a competent offense. We're going to get a little bit more into Allen again on the next comment. So I just want to hit on the receiver ones here. And Travis, thank you for the comment. For me, I mean, yeah, the game would look a lot different in a lot of our games if our receivers yeah. made plays or if our quarterback made better plays. Like, this is just a passing game that doesn't work. So mm-hmm. I feel like you can take a version of this comment for every game we play and said the game would have looked different if Mertz had hit his passes or if the pass production had held up. The pass game's broken. It's been broken all year. Um, it's been broken I'm, for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, so to me, no, I hear you. Like, if, if they make those catches, it would help. But it's just been systematic of our passing game the entire year. Um. A lad says, well, it was a win. Why was Allen playing so obviously hurt? I think it showed some character as it came from behind to pull it out. We had to run the ball, but there was no creativity. 
Um, this is where I said it, we're going to get a little bit more into Braylon Allen. And I want to focus on that first part of this. I think the coaching staff, I don't have a hard time understanding why you're putting someone out there who is clearly, he's not even, yeah. doesn't even look like 90%. Yeah. He looks like a shell. He, of he looks like 70% at best. Yeah. And you have Malusi ran really well today. And y'all know, I, Garendo has to get the ball more. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they're just force feeding Braylon Allen. It, it feels like, is that a way? The first thought I had, and I, I don't want to. I don't know if this is as any basis, but the fan in me said, I, "Are they keeping him happy so this transfer stuff, some of the smoke goes away?" It could be. I mean, l- listen, there are very few players who are going to take themselves off the field, injured or not. And I just think that he's, you know, most guys aren't going to tell you that they need to be taken off. It's clear watching him on the field, he does not belong on the field. And in fact, or, it probably would have more limited, yeah. right? Maybe, yeah. maybe like 10 touches. Well, look at it this way. Would you have rather him not played this last week and been ready for Minnesota? Because I, in a heartbeat, would have said I'd much rather have him be a week fresher and ready to go against Minnesota than even more dinged up having played yeah. against them and played against a team that we should beat. I'll say this. I want to start because I think it's an interesting question. I want to start by giving respect to Braylon for, for trying to get it yeah. out. Clearly, he was hurt. Yeah. I think he came into the game in better shape in that first kind of bad fall the guy took on his shoulder where he wasn't prepared yeah. for it. So I think he was in better. And then he took that shot and he came right out and then he was never right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was okay with him playing and I respect it. But I think at some point as a coach, you have to be, you, you just have to see the other guys are fresher and Braylon yeah. Allen is really hobbled out there. So mm-hmm. it's something to continue um, kind of looking at. Let's see. We got one more here um, from Jeff Ferris. JL has been mum on his offensive philosophy, but, He's made some hints. My guess they're going to go dual threat, dynamic quarterback who can beat defenses with arms, legs, zone read, RPO, et cetera. That's from Jeff Ferris. I mean, to that, I think we'd both say, yeah, that'd be nice. I think kind of that's where I I see him going. Like there's there's segments of the fan base that seem to think that we're going to do like very small variations off what we're at. I don't believe that. I think Leonard, if there's one thing that I think Leonard probably thinks after the last four or five years of watching this offense in practice, it's that, this is not challenging me. And if it's not challenging me, then it's not challenging most of the defenses in college football. We're just not dominant enough on the offensive line anymore to, to inflict our offense on teams, which means we have to find ways to push the ball down the field beyond just running. Like we've got to balance things out and make it easier to run, which is why we've talked about RPO before. Like I, I, for the life of me, don't understand why we haven't been using, we used it a ton against Northwestern, and then we run it like one time a game against everybody else. Yeah. It's like that was tailor made for playing against Iowa. Like their linebackers have were screaming downhill against our run game. We were not running the ball well at all. Like if there's one thing that can slow them down, it's putting the ball into the chest, pulling it back out, and throwing it right over their heads. It is Why wild. Are we not doing this? It is wild how that just disappeared. Yeah. I, I I would love to have the answer to that one. Like I, we did a couple of cute wrinkles on it, but it's like mm-hmm. we never went back to the slants after the initial run through. And part of that could be leverage, but and and it probably was because we saw most of our receivers were going to the outside and running five yard outs or whatever. But it's like you have to find ways to get them out of that leverage. And obviously, we're not challenging them enough to the edges of the field in order for that to to work for us. So there's yeah. got to be a way. You've got to do something to break that defense out of what it's doing and dictate. It's what we talked about with Jim Leonard from the start. He goes out there, he's aggressive, he takes it to the offense and makes them adjust to him. 
you have to find a way to get the offense to be aggressive and make a defense adjust to you. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how you're going to be a dominant offense in college football. It's well, what Ohio I, State does. Well, that that in seven five-star receivers. Yes. I mean, but that's <laughs> part of it is is they attack and they're extremely they aggressive. Yeah, they are. I, I I love how they call to call their offensive style. Like we've talked about that before. Not only does Ohio State out talent you, they out scheme you. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of scary stuff to see. Um, you know, they, I I heard a coach say one time, if you can make the linebackers, the defense take one false step, you you're winning. And that's where if you have zone read RPOs, you know, a quarterback that's mobile, you know, like a quarterback mm-hmm. that can really put stress on the edges of a defense. Like, I, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think Jim Leonard would is going to go in those directions. That's what I hope. And that's what I believe is going to happen. Um, and that is our show today, guys. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you as always to Justin for jumping in. I'm sure we're going to talk again this week. This is a big week. Not yeah. only do we have um, Dayton coming up, which is a, a really good basketball team that mm-hmm. the Badgers have to take on. It's Axe yeah. Week. It's Hate that, Week. The Dayton game, just real quick. That is a game. That is a big milestone game for the Badgers. Mm-hmm. If they can find a way to win that game, it'll be very telling towards their season in terms mm-hmm. of how how much development we've seen from from base, basically Wall. Uh, from uh the other couple guys how what they how much better they've gotten this last couple seasons so it's a big one and then yeah. we got next week we got the leonard news um it's gonna be a lot of fun so we're gonna keep talking to you guys talk to you tomorrow um justin as always appreciate it thank you for tuning in lockdown badges your first listen every day when you're done here go check out lockdown sports today all the biggest sports news of the day on the lockdown sports network available wherever you get podcasts thanks guys on wisconsin <laughs>